The Maple Leafs dropped both games this weekend, and some concerning trends are starting to pop up again. We'll detail those trends and help tee up tonight's game against McDavid and the Oilers. We'll discuss all that and more on tonight's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. What's going on, Dave? How are you feeling after that weekend? Not great. <laughs> not not great. Like for Multiple. Multiple. I got... I got the double. I got the double whammy this weekend. I, I put my faith in the wrong people. I don't. Even, I mean, I don't know why I do it in the first place, but yeah, I do. Well, for those who maybe because he's being a little cryptic on that, Dave is yeah. not only a Leafs supporter but also a supporter of the Dallas Cowboys. And the parallels between these two clubs are just amazing, right? Like these are the two kind of top dogs in their sport. The Leafs are clearly. You know, the, the the top team in the National Hockey League, they were just, um, I believe, what, $4 billion? I think they were just, uh, or $3 billion maybe. Um, they were just valued at as the top NHL franchise. And then obviously the top NFL franchise is the Dallas Cowboys. But one thing that those two teams share, it, which is uh, obviously, you know, more disheartening from their fan base perspectives is they both choke in the playoffs. And just like the Leafs have done year after year after year, same thing can be said about the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, your beloved Dallas team just got the doors blown off them uh, in front of their own, uh, in front of their, their, their own home fans. And what's funny is again, similar team, similar, similar fan base, similar frustrations, and now the conversation in Dallas, a lot of it is stemming around, hey, should we keep the coach? Is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? We're having some very same conversations here in Toronto. I don't know about you, but it feels like over the course of this last week, after the Leafs drop three straight games, they lose over the weekend. Both games drop a 5-3-1 to the Avalanche, and then they end up losing 4-2 to the Red Wings. But they held leads, multi-goal leads in all of these games uh, well, I guess they only led by one goal the other night against Detroit, but still holding leads and blowing leads. And that's also led to some conversation around Shelby Keefe and his job security. And I, I do want to ask you if you think this whole situation, you look at the game uh, against the Islanders, they blow a two goal lead. They blow a three goal lead on the Avalanche, and then they're up 2 1 on Detroit, and they end up losing that game as well. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Uh, kind of that trend that's popping up right now for Toronto. I think it's a big deal because it's not just a few games that we've seen it, it's almost all season, right? How many games? Have they allowed to go to overtime, right? Like yeah. the first concern we had, and you rightfully brought it up, what, 
a month, a ago? month ago. Yeah, about that. Where's my <laughs> notebook? I got I got the numbers on my notebook. Hold on, I keep talking. Like we brought up their inability to win games in regulation. How you know why? Like at the time, it wasn't like full out panic mode at that point because you know what? They were still getting wins in overtime. They were still finding a way to get points. Now that's starting to catch up on them, right? That inability to get things done in 60 within 60 minutes what it shows is just a lack of just doing the things you need to do as a team a team that wants to be a serious playoff contender to get things done you should be beating teams like the islanders in regulation a team like the detroit red wings in regulation yeah you know what the colorado avalanche they're a pretty good team but you know what you should do you should beat them when you have a three nothing lead that's what good teams do they don't allow a door to be open for a team like the colorado avalanche to come back when you have that advantage and that's that's the part that really frustrates me is and here in what, what worried me most hearing sheldon keith after the game talk about how mckinnon and mccarr they're not in the nhl they're in a league of their own they're in another league like look, they're elite great players among the best in the league you also have really good players like in Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Willie's you, got paid to be that way now. Willie's paid to be Willie, that way. Yeah, and Willie being paid that way too. And you're sitting here acting as if you don't have those types of players. That's what, that's what, like, I don't know. Not many people really, people picked up on what he said. But I don't think it was being talked about enough what he said and how he kind of said it. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good point, and you know, I, not that I want to pick on it as, as you know that much, but it, it is kind of interesting when you look at it and you think about how much love he gave to those guys, and it's like it, they're on another planet. Those two, the way that they play, and it's like, hey, you've got a guy who can be that way when he's on his A game as well. The problem is, it, it comes and goes. You know, like Nathan McKinnon right now, he's second in the league in scoring. Um, he's, he's number one in terms of points at five on five, I'm pretty sure. But he also like has been on this stretch here over the course of the last like six weeks where he's just been putting up uh, outrageously good performances. And the thing is, Toronto, they have those guys too, to your point. Like Austin Matthews is is right on par with how good Nathan McKinnon is. Now they don't have a kill McCart. That's very clear and obvious. Like as good as Morgan Riley is, you know, he's an all-star, which is awesome. Uh, he's, he's not a Kale McCarr, right? There's and not there's, many teams have a Kale McCarr. No, it's like, it's Kale McCarr. It's Quinn Hughes. It's Adam Fox. And that might be it when you're looking at guys who are just, you know, so good on both ends of the ice. Um, there's, there's not many of them out there for sure. So yeah, like I, I it's, it is definitely a little weird to to see that being the case, but I mean, Toronto, I just, why the, this comes back to the conversation that's always how this team and it's, it's a lack of killer instinct when you're up three, nothing, right. You got to get that fourth goal and really put a team away. Got to do it. Has to, has to happen. Now I'll say this. Uh, they didn't really get the like power plays that they probably should have to give them more opportunity to score and, and maybe put that game away. Like that blatant cross check on, on Austin oh. Matthews was outrageous. Like just, I, I it, it's, it really baffles me how sometimes you can have calls and like the ref saw it. The ref was right there. Like, come on, yep. don't tell me you didn't see that play. 
then even after the game, like even Willie was like, I mean, you look at the penalties, who only got one. Kind of bizarre when you look at how physical of a game that turned out to be. Uh, and and yeah, it's no excuse, obviously. Figure it out at five on five if you're not getting the penalty calls. But I think because it's a con- like the reason why it's a bit more concerning is because you know if you look at last week, yeah, you know it was all great, right? Martin Jones looked fantastic. This team, they're able to play a defensive style of hockey that was conducive to winning games and and help protecting Martin Jones. And they went and they allowed what five goals over the course of like that five game stretch. Um, and, but that was against Anaheim and San Jose like that. Those aren't the greatest teams, right? Those are teams at the bottom of the bottom of the standings. And I remember coming on this pod like a week ago saying, I'm not ready to anoint Martin Jones, the starter just yet and say, this guy is, you know, the savior of the season. Well, let's wait and see what happens against top tier quality talent, right? When they start to put pressure, teams that can generate a lot more offense, like the Avalanche, like the Detroit Red Wings, and even the the New York Islanders can generate a little bit. You know, wait to see what they can do. Playoff teams, playoff caliber teams, um, what the Leafs do against them, and then we could really have more of an understanding of how good this team actually is. And from what I saw over the course of this past weekend. I don't like what I saw, I guess is what I'd say. So I do think that it's kind of a big deal that they are giving up these leads and, and showing that lack of killer instinct once again uh, against playoff caliber teams. That to me is what's concerning. Yeah, I mean, you you pretty much nailed it there. You know, when you look at people were all in awe about what they were doing in California, which look, you, you give credit for when they have good performances, but when you have teams that clearly view the Leafs as a target or understand where they can exploit this team, that's a concern. <laughs> like that, there's no other way to put it. Like Frankie Corrado, if you haven't gone and followed Frankie yet, I don't know what you guys are doing. Like he did such a great breakdown of the game-winning goal for the Red Wings. Yeah, and how really what it is, and it's been an issue all year for the, this Leafs team is when they turn the puck over in their own end. Well, I mean, turn the puck over in general, but most specifically in their own end, they're a disorganized mess when it comes to figuring out who's covering what, how do we prevent a breakdown that leads to a goal? And that to me, you know, good teams figure out those flaws, yeah. right? Colorado certainly took advantage. Like there were so many brain cramps in that game against Colorado. It was like mind boggling like the TJ Brody decided not to touch the puck when there's a delayed penalty. Not too sure what he was thinking there. No, You know, the inability to clear the puck out of the zone. How many times has that gone to bite this team in the, in the rear end, the last few games, things like that, simple things. They are not executing. So like, yes, Sheldon Keith is getting a lot of flack right now. But the team, the players are not executing simple things. And any coach, no, the, the coaching coach change would not change that. The team has to execute those simple things okay. to do it. I, I I agree. I think we need to have a, a, a longer conversation mm-hmm. about the coach. So why don't right. we break, come back. We can get into that because there's a lot of discourse right now about whether or not this team needs to find a new voice. And after these past, you know, few weeks, it's it's 
you know, again, it's it's just the message isn't getting through, right? So is it more so the voice that needs to change as opposed to the system? I don't know. Why don't we have that conversation uh, on the other side? We also got a tee up tonight's game, Leafs in Edmonton. We got McDavid versus Matthews again tonight. Should be a fun game. So we'll tee that up as well in a few moments. Uh, but first, we'll uh, hear from one of our show sponsors. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast Part of Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals all in prices. Views for receipt and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your receipt before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. And with the Game Time guarantee, it means that you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. We got new episodes coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So if you have not subscribed to our podcast yet and you're new to the show, uh, first and foremost, welcome. Hopefully you've enjoyed the content to this point. And if you want more of it, Make sure you do subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Audio-wise, we can also be found uh, on YouTube. Just search up Lockdown Leafs. Hit subscribe and receive that daily Leafs content. Uh, all right, Dave. We were just about to kind of get into the dis- discourse surrounding Sheldon Keith. Whenever this team goes in a rut, usually his name gets brought up. And mm-hmm. look, it's because he is one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NHL now. I think he's what top five I want to say and like longest tenured head coaches in the league, which is insane. He's the longest tenured Canadian coach in the NHL and it's come with not a whole lot of success playoff uh, regular season success. Sure. Playoff success. No. So this year seems to be louder, like really, really loud. Cause we've seen a lot of teams let their coaches go and it's, Turn their seasons around, especially Edmonton. We'll get to that in a little bit when we tee up their game. But they have been on fire ever since they brought in Chris Knobloch. Could a same similar situation be the case here in Toronto? I don't know. But where are you at when it comes to the fact that Keith has had ample opportunity to try and get through to this team? The stars are there. The talent is here. But they're just not executing. Like, what is the situation is it the, like has he lost is his voice just not carrying through the room or is it the players no matter who is behind the bench isn't going to listen because of who they are like what to you is the situation here well for me here is like you go into that game against detroit second half of a back-to-back you blow a lead against the colorado avalanche and one of the first things sheldon Keith does is he throws the lines in a complete blender and it's like, is that really what the focus should be on? Just throwing lines in a blender rather than, you know what? Yeah, take TJ, or take 
Mark Jordan in the lineup. He wasn't good, and he's very up there in age and should not be playing yeah. as much as he has been playing. I did think that was really bizarre also. Yes. Like, I had to do a double take. I'm like, these are the lines for tonight's game? What the heck? Like, I get it. They didn't play well in Colorado, but to completely put the lines in a blender, like, completely uh, for the, the following game, in which was Ilya Samsonov's return to the crease. We didn't even talk about Samsonov. We like, haven't talked about that yet. We will. But to do that in Samsonov's return is just pure lunacy, man. Like, I, that was just a nutso decision. It clearly backfired because that team was very lackadaisical to come out. You could tell that they're just, you know, there wasn't much uh, cohesion with the group. Yeah. It was just a bizarre, bizarre look for, for Sheldon Keefe, I, I think. And, like, he also called out the Tavares line, specifically Willie saying he you know he took him off because he needed to get him going yeah and it's like yeah you know what they weren't good and Tavares has been very pedestrian I think is the best way to put it the last you know since the since they returned home from the road trip hasn't been good but changing the lines isn't always the solution to getting guys going maybe you need to change something about how they're playing because guess what? You're going to make this change two days later. You're going to revert back to everything back to normal again. So I don't know what changing the lines really does. It's maybe that's his way of sending a message. Sure. But to do it like that and to do it, it just screams. I'm not saying desperation, but it just it looks disorganized, right? It just almost like he's throwing that out there and hoping for something to change and something to work. It it just doesn't screen to me as something that's confident when he does something like that. Look, people like it's intriguing to see Marner playing with Domi. I get that. But, you know, you have to think of the Matthew Nyes should not be a fourth liner on this team. No. Looking at how he's playing. Like, those the are the people, ramifications of doing things like that. Yeah. Like of all the people who have been playing pretty well, like Matthew Nyes is up there. Like, it, yeah, for him to play nine minutes and 26 seconds is just ridiculous because uh, he's a really, really good player. Um, but, yeah, like Pontus Holmberg, you know, he was rewarded. You know, he'd been playing some yeah. good hockey. He was rewarded with a, a little, you know, twirl up on the top line, ends up scoring a goal. But, yeah, I, I didn't think it was it was a, a, a smart idea. I don't know what he was thinking, um, but. Samsonov. So we didn't actually talk about Samsonov either. Uh, well, okay. Before we move on to Samsonov, for or against the key firing discourse, like no. What I always not, say not is, worthy. if you're firing him, who are you bringing in? Okay, that's the first one there. Who are you bringing in? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, some people are going to probably point to Craig Berube being out there right now as a guy that some might look at. But I always say that doing the coaching change for sake of doing the coaching change doesn't always work. Look at what's going on with Ottawa right now. Edmonton, that was a team that was, that was not playing to their potential and you started could playing to Toronto. Could say the same about Toronto. You could, and, and to me, that's the one where it's like, I don't... Look, the thing with Sheldon Keefe is, is he's been here for so long that, yes, the message does get stale. So I, if they did it, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't think they're going to do it because they have not made that move 
there hasn't been any inkling that they would be, even consider making that move, and that's why I just don't yeah. think they're going to do it. I would guess they'll like they probably just like Guy Boucher becomes the interim guy. I would yeah. think, uh, and then maybe they evaluate and and see if they have a longer term solution in the summer if things don't get better under Boucher. I'm assuming that's what would happen. Um, I'm not there yet. Like I, I'm, I'm not there yet. I do. I'm closer. I'm a lot like, closer than I was before. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying Sheldon Keith is free from any blame. I'm just, I'm like you, I'm not there yet. It's, it's honestly, it's just because of the fact, and it's unfair as a coach, but it's, it's, you know, a hazard of the job. It's a lot easier to change one coach than to change multiple players. And if it's a, a DNA thing with, with the players, your only option is to change the coach because you're not going to get a complete, you know, overturn of this roster by the trade deadline. And this season means a lot for Toronto. You bet your ass it does. So we'll see. We'll see what that ends up happening. Um, Eli Samsonov, though, came back his first game. Uh, the other night against the Detroit Red Wings, he allowed three goals. You know what? I thought he was okay. I thought he looked all right. You know, he, he wasn't as shaky in net. He made, you know, a couple of big saves, uh, especially early on to kind of keep the team in it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Sammy put forward one of his better outings uh, the other night than he's had all season. I, I think the big one here is, you were more confident that he wasn't going to give up the backbreaking goal because he was making the big saves, right? Mm-hmm. Like before the game winning goal, he made an unbelievable save and then things kind of fell apart in front for him and it was kind of unfair because things were so chaotic defensively. But yeah, I think, you know, for him, it was get, get literally get that first save. Because like even things like that were tough for him, so he was yeah. establishing a rhythm. I think, yeah, were we surprised to see him in that? Absolutely, it didn't seem like they want to do it. But I think at least what it does is say we can put him back into the net for the next game. We yeah, can, you can do that. Yeah, I think he earned earned another start. Not that he is like okay, we're going. Sam's he's not back to being the starter. No, no, but. he's not. Definitely not back to being the starter. And I don't even know if he, you know, when Joseph Wool comes back, if you know he's earned uh, a spot over Martin Jones. Like I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Obviously, but I think that for sure. Like, is is there a back to back coming up? I'm not sure if there's a back to back, but you think maybe at some point on this road trip you try and get him another game. Maybe that's against Calgary, perhaps. Uh, Vancouver would be tough. Maybe it's in, in Seattle, potentially. Like, I would think you would try and get him another game here before the All-Star break. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do have to say it was encouraging, maybe is the word. It was an encouraging start. Yes. where it, it wasn't just like, okay, this guy has zero confidence and he shouldn't even put gear on anymore like at least that was a a a notable nhl start um which i think earns him another one at some point here all right uh let's regroup come back and tee up tonight's game leafs in edmonton got a little mcdavid versus matthews rivalry game once again tonight we'll tee it up afterward from our sponsor you're listening to the lockdown Leafs podcast part of lockdown podcast network it's your team 
every day. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point in the, the season, Leaf fans. Regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because of Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Matthews or Marner or Nylander, McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, whoever, will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight different player stats. You heard me, Lee fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti with you. It is a game day here for the Maple Leafs. They are about to embark on a pretty tough road trip here, Dave. Uh, They've got Edmonton tonight. Then they've got Calgary coming up. They're in Vancouver. They're in Seattle. Weirdly, they come back home one game against the Jets, only to go back out west to play the Jets again in Winnipeg uh, to close out uh, the pre-All-Star schedule. So really bizarre schedule, but that's a tough schedule. It's a lot of travel, and that's some good hockey teams that are playing some very good hockey. Like You've got Edmonton, who's won Literally 10 games in a row. Like, this is the hottest team in the NHL. And then, you know, Calgary's been, a, you know, roughly 500 team, but still a tough team to play against. Um, and then you've got Vancouver, one of the best teams in hockey right now. Seattle's been one of the hotter teams in hockey, as have the Jets. So, legit, you've got some tough, tough opponents. You're on the road. Lots of uh, travel, tight schedule. Um Tonight will be big to start off that road trip against Edmonton. Try and start on, you know, on a, on a high footing because this is five, six tough games in a row. Yeah, I saw somewhere someone's like, "Ah, oh, good thing for the Leafs to be going out on the road." And I'm like, "Did you not look and see who they're going to yeah. be playing on the road?" Like that's nah, guy. Like like I'll Edmonton. I say this though, like weirdly, doesn't it seem like that the Leafs though, like. Every time we look at a, a, a piece of the schedule or every time we start to doubt this team, they do kind of fight back and, and, and you know, gain the trust of Lee fan, falsely gain the trust of like Lee fans again. Like it, it would be very Toronto-esque where we're all sitting here looking at this daunting stretch coming up where it's like, how are they going to get wins if they come out of this, you know, with only picking up a win or two or like three or four points over this stretch, it's going it, to, it's going to cripple them going forward. That should basically will say, you know, put the nail in the coffin on their, their divisional odds but usually that's when the Leafs do like when their backs up against the wall during the regular season, kind of come up with some like big wins. I don't know. A- am I wrong there? Well, I mean, they've had success out in Western Canada, you know, for the, I mean, except for that one game against Edmonton. Was it lot? Was it last year that they got absolutely demolished by Edmonton in Edmonton? It was like Maybe. right after the trade deadline. I think Justin Hall fought, for some uh fought in that game yeah that was the game where mcdavid just went all over him but we've also seen like toronto remember when this was 
this might have been the bubble year. Like Matthews mm. goes down. I think they ended up having to use like three goaltenders. It was yeah, it was definitely the bubble year because it was when they were doing like the like they play it was like a baseball format where they play like three games against the same team, um, just to to limit travel. And I do recall like Matthews got hurt right before going out on that road trip, and they went in and they they crushed Edmonton in like three straight games. Like they had a shutout in there, um, and like literally three different goalies. I think it was Campbell. It was Hutchinson, I think, may have been the one who got the shout-out. And then I guess at that point it would have been Fred Anderson, I guess, would have been the the other goalie who was who was there, Anderson, in, in 2021. I think so. Um, yeah, uh, either him or Campbell. Well, Dude. Campbell was there for sure, but I'm thinking because yeah. there's three different goalies. They picked up three goalies, three yeah. wins. But anyway, um, like that always kind of sticks out to me where it's, you know, when this team is – when the when you start to doubt the Leafs is usually when they turn things around and pick things up, and then once you start to get on board with them again, like a lot of the fan base was coming off of that West, you know the the you know California road trip where it's like okay, this team's finally playing some good hockey. They're buying in defensively. They're limiting the mistakes. They're getting the puck out efficiently, and all of a sudden it's like okay, we feel good about this squad now that they're playing some tougher teams, and then boom, now they play like trash for three straight games. It's like, okay, never mind. The team is not as good as we thought they were, which means they're probably about to say, actually we are good. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough right now because this team has been so inconsistent that you don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. And to me, look, sometimes people are saying, you know, people are saying they have to face some sort of adversity during the regular season so that it would prepare them for the playoffs. But at the same time, with the way that they've been playing during the regular season, they have not looked anywhere close to a team that can compete in the playoffs. So I don't know where I don't know on what scale like people were expecting from this Leafs team. But like that inconsistency has to be the first thing. If I'm if I'm Sheldon Keith, you need to figure out how to get this team to play more consistently. Like, I mean, I, I know they've got games in hand, obviously, but. They're only one point up on both Detroit and Tampa. One point in a divisional spot. Yeah. So, and again, they've got two games in hand on Detroit. They've got three games in hand on, on Tampa. So, you know, there's a chance that it could even out, like in terms of, of win percentage. But you got to win some of these games because you could we could wake up by the end of this road trip. If it does not go well, the Leafs could be out of the playoffs by the time the all-star break hits and it would not even shock me would not shock me at this point, given how tough of a schedule this is and how the Leafs have played wouldn't be a shocking scenario. No, not at all. Again, it, with the Leafs, it feels like it can go either way. It's just how this season has gone for them. Yeah. Like do Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, and then back to back, they've got the Winnipeg jets. Outside of Calgary, like he's legitimately been four of the hottest teams in the league. So can Toronto go in there and, and be streak stoppers? You know, can they do that? We'll see. Um, but certainly they've got to play a heck of a lot better than they did over the course of the weekend. If they play the same way they did against Colorado and against Detroit, I don't think they really stand a chance in any of these games, the way that these teams and these clubs are playing right now. So they've got to kind of revert back to the way that they were playing in, in California 
um, which is just like attention to detail, right? Simple things like not giving the puck. Like you mentioned the Frank Corrado clip that he played of Lilligren when he, um, you know, rang the puck around and gave it up in their own zone, wasn't able to clear it. Something as simple as that, where it's like, okay, just a simple little touch pass to the defender, to his, you know, partner, you know, McCabe would have nullified that. And he would have been able to, you know, skate it up and, and get it out of harm's way. But instead they give the puck up behind the goal and then they kind of break down out in front. Andrew Kopp finds some space, finds the back of the net, you know, game was over. But if you don't have that in those mistakes, then I think there's an opportunity for Toronto to, you know, win some hockey games. But uh, to your point, they've been extremely, extremely inconsistent, especially in their own end. And uh, teams like Edmonton, teams like Vancouver, they make you pay when you make those types of mistakes. So uh, tonight, especially against McDavid and Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman, who's on pace for 50 goals this year, do not give the puck up in your own end because those guys will make you pay. Like if we, you know, talk about what the keys to the game is going to be tonight, limit those turnovers, man. Gotta limit the turnovers because if yeah. you give the puck up to McDavid and 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 you know you break down, boy, things are not going to go well for you because those guys know how to score and make you pay. Yeah, I, I honestly just there's so many things that this team is just not doing right especially the turnovers that you, you just get worried with, you know, a potential matchup against McDavid and like, which defenseman do you trust to put out against McDavid right now, considering how things have gone? Well, none is yeah. the obvious answer, but if <laughs> here's the thing, if Sheldon Keefe was worried about McKinnon and McCarr being on another planet, this guy, Connor McDavid, also on another planet when it comes to, to his hockey skills. And Dreisaitl is right in the same camp yeah. as McKinnon as well. So, yeah, uh, good luck to whoever has to defend uh, that squad tonight. I'd imagine the Leafs go back to their classic lines. Like, I, I yeah. would be shocked if we see the same lineup again that we saw in Detroit absolutely floored i do not expect that to be the case like as much as you want to reward pontus holmberg for playing some good hockey guy's not a first line talent come on now like let's let's be real like that 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 was almost a slap in the face what he did against the detroit red wings which even you know maybe that was some you know some uh money on the board type of stuff for detroit there where it's like this guy's just jumbling up the lines thinking that they can still win a game against us because we came in late, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know where I was going with that, I guess. Well, just looking back on the weekend again, but I think we should probably see the Lions revert back to what we know has worked for the squad uh, over the course of the last little bit. Yeah, like if he was expecting, again, if he was expecting those lines to somehow awaken this team, it did the opposite effect. So that's yeah. like a coaching blunder on Sheldon Keith's part but yeah like go back to what was working on that California road trip right like I don't I, I even think like Giordano shouldn't play either just because you need you need to actually be able to defend against Edmonton speed and Giordano is probably the last guy mm. 
I would want out there in that. You trust, you trust Timmons, though? You trust Timmons in his own end? I mean, I would have rather seen Lag. I don't know why, what Lagason needs to do to get back into a game here. I thought he was playing quite well yeah. before he got yeah. benched. Could 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 go Lagason, I Former suppose. team, too. Like, I'm, you know, going up against, I think, pretty sure he played against Edmonton. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, yep. No, you're right, actually. Maybe that's something to uh, something to kind of keep an eye on when the the lineups come out during morning skate or during line rushers if, if Lagason is out there on the ice because I think that would probably make some sense because um, I don't think Timmins played well enough to garner another game. <laughs> so if you're going to do that again, I mean, maybe they put Geo back in the game, which I think is possible too. Um, or they can save him for the next night and get him back in against Calgary uh, or Lagason ends up getting in. I wouldn't take out Benoit. I would probably keep Simon Benoit in the lineup. I think he yeah. does, he's deserving of it, obviously, the way that he's been playing of late. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I don't know how many other different, you know, players we see in and out of the, the lineup tonight. Probably go back to what was working, um, you know, back in the, the California road trip. All right, buddy, let's wrap things up here. Uh, that'll do it for us today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi. And follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.